Hello, peoples, and welcome to At The Beginning, the podcast where we talk to accomplished individuals about how they got started in their field. I am your host, Jason Peters, and today we are fortunate to be visited by a legend in the sportscasting community, Mr. Tom McCarthy. Now, Tom is a versatile announcer. He works in numerous different sports, the highest profile of which would be calling games for the NFL on CBS Westwood One, in addition to his regular duties as the national play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia Phillies. That's right. Every single time you watch a game on television, Tom is the guy who's there guiding you through the game. Now, he's also received a host of accolades and awards. This includes the Pennsylvania Sportscaster of the Year in 2014. And in 2011, he was inducted into the Trenton Baseball Hall of Fame. He's even had a radio booth named in his honor, and that currently stands at Arm & Hammer Park in Trenton, New Jersey. So, yeah, pretty big deal, this guy. Please enjoy this discussion with sportscasting legend Tom McCarthy about what his professional life looked like at the beginning. Tom McCarthy, the one and only. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what we like to do on this show is talk to people about what your professional life looked like in the early days, like starting out. So my first question to you, Tom, is when you think back to when you were a kid, was it always your dream to be a sportscaster? No, it wasn't. I think deep down in my soul, if I was asked about it, then yes, I would have said I would have loved to have done it. But growing up, I didn't know if this was a reality. You know, we weren't really taught to dive for our dreams. We were taught to get comfort almost and stability. And my goal was always, and it sounds strange, but I think a lot of kids felt this way. My goal was to be a professional baseball player. And I thought I was going to be that uh, my entire life uh, until even going into college. Uh, What did you end up doing for, you know, your four years over there? Really good question. So I I got cut my, my second week into playing baseball at the college of New Jersey. And I was stunned, shocked, and basically for the rest of my college career was a college student who essentially got into everything, uh, but really didn't get into broadcasting until later on. Interesting. So then following from there, when did the broadcasting opportunity come about? How did that whole thing start? So I I started writing for a local newspaper my freshman year in college. I didn't even take any, you know, journalism classes. I was a biology major, but I was a really bad biology major, like a really (laughs) bad, really bad biology major. So I started writing for a local paper, a a weekly newspaper my freshman year, and I had no idea what I was doing. I, I really didn't. I mean, English was my worst subject. And I remember going out covering a baseball game. And it was a you know high school baseball game. But I, I remember sitting down at the computer and realizing, man, I don't have any idea how to write this story. And I picked up the newspaper of the previous week, and I quickly read two baseball stories on how the previous writers wrote them. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I could do this. And that's how I wrote the first, <laughs> my first story. I, I basically, and I still have it. So I, I, wrote for, I wrote for that paper for a few months and then went to a daily paper. 
And about a year after that, somebody heard me do a radio interview on a local college student. And they said, hey, you know, you got a pretty good voice. You should think about doing this for a living. So mm. I said, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's basically how I started doing it. I started doing my college's high school football games for the commercial station, not the school station. Oh, wow. So was this kind of one of those things where you didn't really know how much you loved it until you did it? Yes, absolutely. And, and I didn't really know how I how to do it, quite frankly. Um, I just did it. You know, I always tell people that there are two natural highs that I have. Mm -hmm. One of them is writing on deadline for a newspaper. Okay. Man, it's exhilarating. <laughs> 11 o'clock deadline, you're writing a story. And the other one is broadcasting a game. And I tell people all the time, if you can find that natural high with whatever it is you do for a living, then you have figured things out. I remember getting done with my first football game and walking back to my uh, my dorm on campus. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that was <laughs> unbelievable. I want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think so many of us have that uh, you know, experience in our life where something that we didn't really plan on doing and just kind of fell into. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is something I really enjoy. Really glad that you know, happy accident sort of happened the way it did. Yeah, and I did a lot of things. Like I wrote, I broadcast. I went back to get my master's to teach. Like, I still didn't know what I was going to do, even even as I got older, because I could see it, but it was still really fuzzy, you know, that dream yeah. of doing things. I'm just glad I stayed with it, and I could actually see some clarity with each game I did. So it sounds like at this time that you're kind of picking up some small gigs here and there, and it kind of allows you to dip your toe in some of these waters. But was there, like, a specific point where you had an opportunity to turn this into a full-time gig? Well, in 1993, before my wife and I got married, there was a portion of her family that lived in Charleston, South Carolina, and I had not met them. So we were going down for me to meet them for the first time. And I was writing a minor league baseball report for the local paper. So one of our players from the area was playing in Charleston. So I called their PR guy slash radio broadcaster and said, hey, listen, I'm coming down to do a story on Dave Lieback. And I said, I'm thinking about doing play-by-play -play professionally for baseball. Can I sit in and watch how you do a game? And to this day, I don't know why he allowed this, <laughs> but he allowed me to not only come in and watch him do it, but I was doing games. Oh, wow. And then he let me just, out of nowhere, do play-by-play. -play. And I did three days and I thought this was tremendous. He brought me back for seven in August. I didn't even know the guy, uh, but I call him every year on opening day or every other year and, and thank him for the opportunity that he gave me 30 years ago to put together a tape to then get a job 10 minutes from my house for a brand new minor league team that just showed up in 1994 called the Trenton Thunder. And that was probably mm. my biggest break at that point because I was the PR guy, the community relations guy, a salesman, the radio broadcaster, all of those things. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it's kind of like a small business approach, like wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, it's like running a carnival. I kept saying yes. <laughs> Every time somebody said, can you do PR? Absolutely, I can do PR. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about PR. Can sure. you do a pregame show? Absolutely, I could do a pre. I never did a pregame show. Um, <laughs> but I just kept saying yes. And 
that was the greatest thing that happened to me at the time. It was a great education, you know, but that's also where, you know, honestly, Jay, I, I still had to make a decision because about five years later, I had ascended to the vice president's role of this minor league team and was offered a chance to go run my own minor league team. And I said, yes. Oh, wow. I remember, I remember driving to go sign the contracts and I called my boss, who's still a very dear friend. And I said to him, I said, Joe, I can't do this. And he said, you know what, Tom, I'm glad you can't do this. He goes, we think you should broadcast as much as we want you to run this team. We think that your future is as a broadcaster. And, you know, I called my wife and I told her and we had two boys at the time. And she said, you know, you do what you think. She goes, but I just need you to bring milk home uh, <laughs> yeah, for right? the boys at the end of the night. Wow, that's amazing. And then just to be clear, like, did you have other opportunities on deck or did you just turn down this guaranteed management opportunity? Just to... I had nothing. Wow. Nope. That is not, not, not an easy decision. No, it would have been a very stable decision. That team is still operable now and is still very successful. My gut just told me, hey, man, you got you got brighter things ahead. And I know I was taking a chance, but I I. I don't think I, you know what, remember what I was saying about the natural high? Yes. That if you can figure out what to do, where you could fe have that feeling all the time. I, I didn't have that as an administrator. Mm -hmm. I liked it, mm -hmm. but I didn't love it. And I would have yeah. done it for my family's sake, but I don't think it would have been the same. I really don't. Well, so as we kind of, you know, come to the end of this kind of little trajectory here, um, if you could let us know, so... You know, you turn down the uh, GM position with the uh, new franchise and you don't really have another deal on the table. So how do you connect the dots between being in that moment to, you know, uh, shortly thereafter getting hired by the Phillies to be their play by play announcer? After deciding not to be a general manager for a minor league baseball team, I also decided that I didn't want to be the assistant general manager of a baseball team. I just wanted to broadcast and was hired to do a local sports show on what was to become the ESPN affiliate of Philadelphia. Mm. And, but within a year, somebody heard my show from the Phillies and they brought me in to try out in September of 2000 to do the pre and post game show. And one night the Emmy awards were taking place in Philadelphia and my crew in Trenton was up for the Emmy Award for Best Sports Production. And we were up against the Phillies and the Sixers. <laughs> so the guys in the Phillies booth took off to go to the Emmy Awards. So I filled in on the pre and post game show. Hmm. Well, it turned out we won. And my boss from the Phillies was standing there waiting for me after the pre post game show and he's and he's got this really interesting look on his face i'm like man what did i do he said how come you didn't tell me you were up for the emmy award he said you could have taken off tonight and gone there and i said well this was more important uh -huh. so i got the job as the pre and post game host decisions you know sometimes they're sometimes they work sometimes they don't and <laughs> you know this decision for me to a not go to the emmy awards that was one thing but also to just focus on broadcasting mm -hmm. just be a full-time broadcaster 
One thing I do like to uh, ask of our guests as we kind of wrap up here is uh, for anybody that maybe is kind of where you were during this time and trying to, you know, they don't have their life path sort of figured out. They can't really see it. Do you have any advice for those people? I would say don't force it is the biggest thing. It may be hard to keep following your dream. It may look fuzzy, but if it's something you really want to do, then just stay with it. It's hard to be patient. In this day and age, for a lot of folks, it is a hard trait to have. But I would admit to you that it's probably still the best trait for you to have. Wise words from a wise man. Well, Tom, I think that wraps this up. I'll go ahead and let you go here. I uh, can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and giving us your time and insight. We really appreciate it, man. It's my pleasure, Jason. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, listeners, for joining us for another episode of At The Beginning. As always, if you have a particular guest you would like for us to consider interviewing, please reach out via Twitter or Instagram. That's at beginningpodcast. Or send us an email to atthebeginning at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and we will see you next week for another episode of At The Beginning.